You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. Today, I have the inventor of the wildly popular neck hammock on the show, Dr. Steve Studel. He shares with us an innovative way of getting pressure off your neck in the convenience of your home. However, due to the popularity of this product, several copycats have capitalized on his success to the detriment of his brand. And he talks about the dangers of these ripoff products and how to make sure you have the original. If you've been suffering with neck or shoulder pain, you won't want to miss this episode. I'd like to welcome Dr. Steve Sudel. All right. I'd like to welcome to the show Dr. Steve, who is our resident doctor of physical therapist on the show today, our, our first one on the show. So I'm happy to have you on the show today, Dr. Steve. It's great to be here. Super excited. So the the way we got introduced was very interesting. It's almost like the universe was trying to bring us together because I had a patient in practice who uh, showed me a Facebook post about something you've actually created. This talk, so I'm really happy to have you on the show today. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little, a little bit about how you got into what you do and why you do what you do. So give me a little bit of background. What got you into physical therapy? You know, growing up, I've always played sports. And um, when I was in high school, I played a lot of football. And playing a lot of football means a lot of injuries. So I found myself getting a lot of rehab. And I remember specifically sitting on the treatment table wondering, what am I going to do with my life when my senior year is over? And I remember thinking to myself, you know what? I can really see myself doing this. I, I love fitness. I love health and wellness, and I love working with people. So I think that physical therapy could be a great path for me. And unlike most 17, 18-year-olds, I actually stuck to that path. And, you know, fast forward, I've been a physical therapist for almost 10 years now. So I played a little bit of everything in high school, but then in college, I played um, college football for, for a short period of time. Okay. And so, as, as you know, then, as a competitive football player, people are always looking for ways to kind of push it, right? Push the line, push the line. And sometimes, at least I see this in practice, they don't want to be told no, right? They don't want to slow down. They just want to know, how do I accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish? Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. I My practice right now uh, primarily works with competitive athletes, CrossFit athletes. So I deal with that on a daily basis. And so why don't we go a little bit into that? How, how do you deal with it? When you have someone who's saying, I want to do this, and maybe you don't think it would be best if they're trying to recover for an injury, how do you approach that? And what's the advice that you give? You know, the cool thing about the human body is that it finds a way to heal itself if you give it the right tools. Um, now, let's just take a specific example that I see very often are shoulder injuries uh, with CrossFit athletes. You know, there's no reason why they can't continue to squat or to deadlift or to do other accessory movements to maintain uh, a base level of fitness while they let their shoulder recover and repair and, you know, kind of take it easy. Cause that's the one thing that I really try to emphasize with those clients is look, you got to give the shoulder a break for, you know, 
at least maybe six to eight weeks um, from doing any pain-provoking activity. And then at that point, then we can start to get back into it. But, you know, if you continue to to put it through a state of pain and it's just going to continue to linger longer and longer. And instead of an injury lasting six to eight weeks, it's going to be, you know, three to four months. So that's usually the speech that I commonly give. Yeah, they understand um, for the most part. I find that most people usually have to learn the hard way a few times before they really start listening. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, there's, there's unfortunately nothing really I can do to prevent that, but sometimes people learn best when they learn the hard way. Now, what are some of the most common things you use, the, the common conditions that actually present in your clinic? Um, I would say like shoulder pain is, is big. Um, shoulder pain is big with the CrossFit athlete, not necessarily because CrossFit I believe is dangerous. It's because people are dangerous. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you're sitting behind a computer screen all day long and you come in, you, you know, you have tight pecs and you have, you know, tight thoracic spine, you have, you know, that traditional postural syndrome. And then you show up five minutes late to class and, you know, the workout of the day is you have to do some snatches or some overhead work and your shoulders are so tight and you try to grab, you know, the bar or put some weight on that and try to throw weight overhead when your shoulder is not appropriately warmed up, you know, the tissues are not, um, prepared for that movement. Well, then you get, you know, a certain amount of torque that happens and, you know, rotator cuff tears, strains and labral tears are, are really common in the sport of CrossFit for those reasons. Um, you know, so that's a big one. I, I see also a lot of, uh, knee injuries, mostly related to some sort of hip or glute dysfunction. Uh, you know, with me seeing a lot of CrossFit athletes, typically the sport of CrossFit is very linear. It's very up and down forwards and backwards, but it's not really too much lateral or rotational movement. And that leads to a lot of weakness of the, you know, lateral glutes, which, which causes a lot of problems with the knees with squatting and, and other dynamic movements. So I would say that those are two common injuries. I would say that the third probably is, uh, the neck, which, you know, is, is a pretty close third. Now I see this a lot in practice and I, and my kids are in CrossFit. They love CrossFit. In fact, one of my, one of my kids was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis, wasn't able to walk or run now because he's living an active lifestyle and eating healthy. He's back to it. So I, I'm not for or against CrossFit. You know, I'm very supportive of people staying active, but I would say some of my patients are almost addicted to it. And oftentimes they do have a hard time separating out um, that competition with their own uh, ability to heal. And so I like what you said uh, about being able to just kind of shift it a little bit, get the same kind of feedback and results without injuring themselves uh, even further. Yeah, you know, I don't think that there's anything inherently dangerous with with the term CrossFit. What I do think is dangerous is people's mindset sometimes and 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 being more focused on you know, winning the class that day or putting the most weight on the bar or and that that's really what gets people in trouble, you know, doing repetitions without good form. Um, you, you know, having that mindset, that's what really gets a lot of people in trouble. Um, but the actual, you know, movements themselves, you know, when modified, um, 
you know, can be extremely beneficial for people. But again, it's, it's people kind of get in their own heads and they bring their own, their own baggage to the gym, which, which causes problems. I'm so glad you said that too, because I feel the same way in, in practice. I'll have people probably, this is one of the most common things I get when I tell people what stretches or exercises to do is they'll, they'll ask me, should I do yoga? <laughs> and, and my answer is all, I just pause for a second. And I said, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yoga could be good. Yoga could be bad. It depends on the instructor and the type of yoga. Um, but to reemphasize what I'm telling you, you should do these specific stretches and exercises. <laughs> and it, that is the solution, you know, but it's not as sexy or it's not as exciting. They want to go to their class and, and do yoga, which I'm fine with. It's, it's great. <laughs> My wife does yoga. She's always happier when she does yoga. So, you know, it's so funny that you bring up yoga because yoga is the only exercise modality where I've had three different clients now be wheeled off in a stretcher from a yoga class because they blew out their back and could not get up off of the ground. Oh my goodness. Uh, but yet, but yet whenever you have a patient, you know, who they know that they're inflexible, they're dealing with some back issues. They're like, Oh, I should go do yoga. Right. That's probably good. It's just, it's very funny to me how that's kind of ingrained in most people's heads that yoga is this very safe thing for everyone who has, you know, flexibility issues, even though it's such a overwhelmingly biased flexion based modality, um, generally speaking, which is not what most people need. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, well, that brings up a good point. So what do most people need? Need a lot more extension. Um, people were just so flexed all day long, and it's just getting worse and worse. Whether it's the computer, or you know, driving to work, or these cell phones that we're getting more and more addicted to, how we continue to look down more and more. You know, it's just people just need, in general, a lot more extension. Um, you know, some of the things that I love prescribing for people is you know, getting them to do shoulder pressing movements, for example, to actually get their arms to raise straight over their head. Uh, people just don't, don't really do that that often without having to like overarch their back or, you know, use some sort of compensation to do so. Um, another huge thing that you're, uh, you can't even say exercise cause it's not even exercise. It's just when you go home, just lie on your stomach for 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever the case may be, just to offset all of the flexion that people have just spent, you know, their entire day in, uh, for overall, you know, spinal hygiene. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I tell my patients over and over again on a daily basis, I sound like a broken record. You know, if you'll just do the supermans, the Cobra, you know, the snow angels, I will be out of business. You know, it's funny. I'll get, you know, repeat um, customers. My my thing is, is I really don't see people very often. I try to get them, you know, better as fast as possible and get them the appropriate corrective exercise and send them on their way. But, you know, I get a lot of repeat customers. And my number one question is, well, have you been doing your exercises? You know, and many times the answer is, well, you know, I, I did them and then I stopped doing them. And now here I'm back. I'm like, well, 
do you expect me to give you some sort of different magical exercise that I've been like hiding from you that, <laughs> you know, is now going to work that didn't work before that I wasn't going to give to you? It's I'm like, you know, this, this stuff really is not rocket science. You just got to do the work. You know, you just got to put in the, the time and that's how you stay healthy. Because you're right. If, if if our patients did their exercises all the time, then we would be very, very bored. <laughs> well, and I'm sure you deal with this as well. The all-knowing YouTube doc, right? Um, YouTube MD, where they'll come to you and I saw this video of this exercise. Should I be doing it? Is it a good exercise? It's uh, YouTube is one of the most dangerous modalities out there when it comes to prescribing any sort of pain or dysfunction. Because I find that the thing that's typically the, the sexiest is usually the most unhealthy for you. And that's the one that the patient really clings on to. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, I think across the board with all clinicians, we all, we all face that issue. Now, I do want to get into what you talked about a little bit earlier because I see this is these are common problems in my practice, which are the shoulder and the neck. And they're so interconnected, interrelated, uh, that oftentimes I'll have patients come in and they'll be holding onto their shoulder when it's a neck problem or vice versa. They'll have problems with their neck when they're sleeping and it's a shoulder problem. And so part of the challenge I find is being able to explain that diagnosing easy explaining a little bit more difficult right uh, making that connection but i know it's got to be a passion of yours because you created a product or, around one of those uh, objects so let's talk a little bit about your experience with neck and shoulder and maybe what prompted the uh, invention of the neck hammock yeah so in general how i treat people is, is i treat people based on movement you know, and when someone comes in and they have really terrible posture and they have shoulder pain, but they have horrible forward, you know, head posture and, you know, just getting them to understand the mechanics of what's going on in their neck, how it's potentially pinching nerves, it's going down to the shoulder and explain that whole complex. Um, I do very, very often because you're right. People just they don't understand how the two can even be, you know, interconnected, um, you know, and how much a lot of times tension in the neck can lead to shoulder pain or tension in the shoulders can lead to neck pain. And, you know, there's such an intimate relationship. Um, I've one of my issues was, you know, growing up playing a lot of football um, and having kind of a oversized head. Um, I've dealt with a lot of neck pain. And doing CrossFit, I, to, to kind of take a step back, I started doing CrossFit about eight years ago. And eight years ago, CrossFit was very different. No one really knew what the hell that they were doing. You know, they just knew that there was like this cool like thing where you do like these really intense workouts, but no one really knew how to teach a snatch or a clean or any of those movements. So injuries, in my opinion, were a lot more prevalent then. And I certainly fell victim to that uh, in a lot of ways. So I dealt with a lot of neck pain. And, you know, one day I was doing um, a handstand push-up workout, which, by the way, is fantastic for your neck. 
Um, <laughs> and I was in, of course I, I tweaked my neck. And so I, I became, oh, oh wait, did, did you take a selfie while you were doing it? That's the important part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, selfies weren't, they weren't that big back then. Um, they've only really gained popularity in the last like, few years, but no, so I'm not, not a big selfie guy. If you go into my actual personal Instagram, I, I don't think I've posted a picture of myself in years. Um, but anyways, so I tweaked my neck and I became very frustrated because it's one of those things that not only have I dealt with neck pain for years, but I, a lot of my clients also have neck pain and there wasn't anything that I could give them to use at home. Um, one of the things that's always provided me with a ton of benefit is cervical traction. At my very first physical therapy clinic, we had one of those big expensive machines, you know, probably cost like $1,500. And whenever I would tweak my neck, you know, my lunch break, I would just go in and use it and it would always give me relief. So I wanted to simulate that. So I grabbed, you know, one of those long resistance bands, I wrapped around a pole, wrapped around the back of my head and I laid down in it for 10 minutes and miraculously 10 minutes later, my neck pain was gone. Um, so you know, that was kind of the motivation. That was kind of the beginning of the neck hammock where I wanted to create an at-home device that, that provided that, that same amount of traction force that I got in the clinic, but for a fraction of the cost and you can bring with you anywhere. And the band, you know, like I said, it, it provided a good amount of force, but the problem was is that the back of your head is very sensitive and your ears are very, very sensitive. And I would try to use the band on a lot of my patients and they would be in it for one or two minutes and be like, this sounds great, but it's not for me. It's too uncomfortable. So I spent the next two years really trying to find a universal mold, a universal fit that, you know, could really grab the base of the occiput, but also really you know, kind of protect the ears and make it comfortable to use where you could use it for 10 to 15 minutes and it wouldn't bother you while you're doing it. But I still wanted to still provide that same traction pull. So fast forward two years, you know, the neck hammock, um, we launched it in October on Kickstarter and, um, you know, I've kind of hit the ground running ever since. Yeah. I know in my practice, I don't know where you got a cervical traction for 1500 hours is like, you know, $15,000. We got the neck and the back and my patients are always looking for a way to get some relief at home. And they, they keep on telling me, doc, if I could buy one of these and put it in my house, I would. So what a perfect timing for, to bring you on the show and talk about this way to get that traction, because I've tried I, I tell patients to bring their spouses in and we do the towel traction, but there's always one of the spouses that is doing it wrong and hurts the other one. And then it just becomes a thing. And you're right. The TheraBands, are, I've got patients who are allergic to latex or they get their hair stuck in it or, or it just leaves that white powdery substance all over their head. So man, a device like this, it's, it's definitely needed. So what kind of response did you get on the Kickstarter campaign when you launched it? It, it was overwhelming. I mean, we set a goal of $20,000 and that would have been enough to basically fulfill like a, you know, a short run of, you know, about 2000 units. And we hit 50,000 in our very first day. Um, and then through the whole Kickstarter campaign, we raised just over $900,000 in a 35 day campaign. 
So that let me know that there's a lot of people out there with neck problems, you know. Yeah, well, congratulations. That is amazing. Yeah, it's it's been you know, it's been a very interesting road. Um it's one thing to come up with a product, it's another thing to have an entire business ready for that type of volume right. and fulfillment and, and the whole nine yards, but um, but it definitely let me know that there's a lot of people out there with, with these neck issues. And the thing about the neck hammock is that when you look at it, you can kind of understand what it does. Um, and for people dealing with neck pain who just really are seeking that decompression, I mean, it's an immediate impulse buy cause they know that it's going to give them relief. And so we were able to really, do a pretty good job of showing how it works, you know, through video and images and GIF files. Which is terrific. Now, did you get a patent on this and have you had copycats? Oh my goodness. So we've really done the best that we can to protect this as much as possible. Um, and if you ever need advice on intellectual property rights. Um, I think I could be a lawyer now. (laughs) Um, but we've had, um, three trademarks filed two international. Um, we've had two design patents, one expedited, one utility patent, um, uh, three foreign patents. Um, we, we really, uh, we've had a copyright, 22 images, three videos. Um, we really had to create an umbrella of protection because two weeks into my campaign, I started seeing ads for my very own product on, uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on Amazon, on these, these Chinese companies were just ready, like, you know, and looking for the next like easiest product to just start pumping out. And they were using my intellectual property, not even just, you know, the, the design itself, but they're actually using my videos to sell their own counterfeit product on their websites. And we ran into a big problem early on that a lot of people thought that they bought the real neck hammock and they bought these counterfeit products and then they would complain to us when it didn't work right, when it smelled like toxic plastic, when the bungee would snap. I mean, it was a big problem to the point where we had to take down all of our Facebook reviews because we were getting so many one star reviews that after we dug deeper into, you know, investigating that every single one-star review was from a counterfeit product that they thought was ours. So it was a real, real nasty problem that um, I tell people, you know, if you haven't purchased the neck hammock from, you know, neckhammock.com or from Kickstarter or from Indiegogo, then you probably purchased a counterfeit product and it's probably not going to work you know, number one, it's not going to be safe. It's probably going to break because they use very cheap material or it's just not going to, it's just not going to work because it's the, the bungee is so weak that you won't get appropriate traction forces. So it's been a real big problem for us because, you know, we, we don't know all the people out there that have, that have purchased it, you know? So you're saying that the video that my patient showed me or the pictures on Facebook may not even have been yours at the time. Correct. Okay. In fact, it sounds like you didn't do any advertising on Facebook, but you got all this traffic from Facebook. 
Well, so we did do some, that's the thing is we did some Facebook advertising and we did do things like that, but it was at a point where we were, we were dealing with so many counterfeiters that you couldn't distinguish who was us and who was not us. Got it. Because they were even using our name, you know, except when you click the link, it like reverted them back to some like Chinese site or some site that had nothing to do with neck hammock. That's the only way to know. Um, so on the fly, I had to like put together a team of virtual assistants and security team to figure out how the heck to take these guys down. Cause you know, who would you, I mean, who would you even contact to, to make that happen? You can't call right. your kids, you know? So that was a whole learning experience that I had to deal with very quickly. Wow, that's that's quite quite a journey. It, it's funny too because we've we've actually had um, some YouTube uh, reviews from like chiropractors who actually purchased counterfeit neck hammocks and didn't realize it, and they gave us a really poor review because they were reviewing this this really bad product. And then what what happened was that I would reach out to them and I would send them the updated product and you know, they would feel terrible because there's such a massive difference between, you know, the, the knockoff and us. But again, it's, it's one of those things that when people see it and they see that the negative review, they don't ever go back to see if it ever was, you know, solved or if it actually was us in the first place. So tough PR issue. You know, there's, there's two main types of people that I, I recommend this for. Um, and you actually can use it in two different ways. The, the first one is just the general decompression. The person who, you know, they're sitting behind a computer desk all day, the muscles in the back of the neck just get very tight and they start to really um, compress on the nerves and decrease blood flow. Um, you know, same type of person who's sitting behind their car all day long um, who just needs a little bit of decompression, you know, 10, 15 minutes max, um, to just gently stretch out the muscles and, and regain, you know, some of the hydration to the discs and return blood flow to the nerves. Um, the other way is for, for text neck, which is actually the opposite, right? It's the person who's looking straight down and they're overstretching the muscles of the back of their neck. And, and how they use it is basically what I advise them to do is on the neck hammock, there's a, there's a base pad that that's designed to pull the ba- at the, at the bottom of the skull. But if you actually move that down to like C3, C4, so in the middle of the neck, it actually will help to restore that natural C curve of the neck. So if you're like a, a, a chronic texter, um, that would be a more appropriate position for you to be in. Because uh, it's going to help restore that curve that you're losing when you're constantly looking down. Interesting. So you can get both an axial pull as well as that extension, um, almost a forced extension. Is that correct? It is. Yeah, and you're you're getting that with that combined traction force as well, too. Where you know you'll have some devices that that basically just provide that C curve um, restoration. But but this provides the traction plus that, so I think that you it yields a slightly better effect. Yeah, I, I believe that it's one of those things that um, you know, when given the right tools and when given the right exercises and and, and postural homework, um, I think that in general, 
you know, the body is designed to be able to heal itself. And so you give it the right tools and, and it's one of those things that I, I do believe that they can, you know, I, I designed this for myself personally for neck pain, but the, the second biggest, um, indication for this is tension headaches. And I received a text message from one of our coaches. Um, she, she actually, it was a text from my wife. She texted my wife saying that, you know, that day she had had a horror for the last 48 hours. She had horrible, horrible tension headaches to where she tried everything. She tried water. She tried caffeine. She tried pain meds. She tried turning the lights off for a few hours. She tried lying down. She tried everything. And she went upstairs and she used the neck hammock, um, you know, without us like being upstairs and she did it for 15 minutes. And she said that her headache was completely gone. Um, and, and she just, she could not believe how she had tried all these other modalities and just by lying in the neck hammock for, you know, the 10 or 15 minutes, whatever it was, um, it completely alleviated all of that pain that she was going through. And I remember at the time that I received that text, I had just spent like $19,000 on like legal fees and things like that. So I was kind of like, so I was totally like, you know, second guessing myself if this is worth it and whatnot. And when I got that message, it was just such a sign to keep going because it was just, there's nothing more cool than when you can bring someone from severe pain and agony and, and reverse that. that. So that that story really sticks out to me. What's your website where people can see more videos of this product connection? It's neckhammock.com. And you've got a new version coming out, correct? Yeah, so we have, um, you know, based on our feedback from our, you know, Kickstarter backers and whatnot, we wanted to make the setup easier and we wanted to make the pull more customizable. So we're actually replacing the two straps that it currently comes with in a round bungee to a all-inclusive flat bungee strap that makes the setup super simple, but also makes customization even easier. So that's going to be coming out here in the next few weeks, which we're really excited about. Well, Dr. Steve, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the show and share a little bit about how you're making a difference in the world and leaving your impression on the world. And I appreciate all the efforts that you've obviously made and the sacrifices that go into making a product like this, because I know it's going to help thousands, tens of thousands of people. Well, I really appreciate the call. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation and hope we can do it again soon. Thanks for listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com.